Beyond toleration be the love Before pride and exaltation be the love Be the love You are listening to Be the Love to awaken our souls. We are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings. We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrian Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Mia Tarduno. This is Dig with Sacred Fire Arts, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love to Awaken Our Souls. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Isabeau Maxwell. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. Please check out our Facebook community and get connected with other like-minded souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath into your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath into your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today, Isabel Maxwell, is one of the leading spiritual coaches in intuitive development. Isabel brings deep channeled knowledge and personal understanding to spirituality. She has been helping people connect to their authentic, natural, and intuitive abilities for over 15 years. She is an internationally known medium, author, and teacher who has touched the lives of people throughout the world. She is the founder of The Sage Method, a life-changing intuitive training program that teaches people how to open their intuitive abilities and live an authentic, blissful life. She is also the creator of The Sage Circle, Discovery Meditation, and the author of Cracking Open, Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. Her newest project is the podcast called Other Side Chats, where Isabeau shares in detail her experiences with these clearings. Isabeau's mission is to humanize people in spirit form and remind listeners that ghosts are people too. Thank you so much for being with us today, Isabeau. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your spiritual journey and what has led you up to this point. Well, it, it was a little different for me. I got kicked into it. <laughs> I think kicked into it is a really good way to say it. For me, I was in my early thirties. My grandmother passed away at the time that this happened. I was a complete skeptic. I was very much a mathematical business oriented. One plus one is two. Like at a math major from college type thing. No spirituality, no religion in my family. And my grandmother passed away. This was in 2005. And shortly after passing, she showed up in my living room in spirit form. I'd say about 70% solid. And that was the kick. That was the uh, moment that, because when that happens to a skeptic, it's not like, yay. <laughs> it's more a moment of what? And so it shook me really out of my reality for, for a brief second. And then out of curiosity, I 
started to explore it because I, I continued to feel her. Other things started to happen. I began opening myself up to meeting people that were in more of a spiritual community and making friendships and getting the help and the support that I needed. And eventually I became a professional medium for a number of years and developed the SAGE method. Well, it sounds like quite the journey that you had. And I can imagine how that would be not only a little scary, but life-changing and life-altering at the same time. It sounds like it really has led you to where you are today. It, it really has. And people have asked me before, would you go back? Would you do it again? You know, what, what's different in your life now? I would, I would rinse and repeat over and over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love my life now. I love my life. I guess I didn't even know how blocked I was until Mm -hmm. I went down the spiritual path. But if you were to just randomly say to me back in 2004, 2005, Hey, you should follow a spiritual path. I'd say, Hey, no, (laughs) there was absolutely nothing in front of me to say that. So I very grateful for that moment with her. I'm grateful that I took the time to explore it, to really figure out if it was real or not, because there's a period of time that I thought, you know, I'm going a little crazy, or um, this is grief, or I need some help. I had all of those thoughts, but eventually it started to really unfold and show itself. And I worked with my first guide a few months after opening up and he was great. I lovingly called him big dog. He was, he's a sweetheart and he taught me so much. So for two years, I worked with him, learned as much as I could learn and went out into the world to become a professional medium. And that's when he said, take everything I've taught you in the last two years and put it together for the sage method, because intuition isn't something it's, it's not a gift that's special for particular people. It's something that every single person has. It's just a matter of how covered up it is. Hmm. Tell us more about this, the SAGE method. It says a life-changing intuitive training program. So how does one become more confident in their intuitive abilities? Take some time <laughs> and, and patience. I think that that's the biggest kicker. Really there's the SAGE method is a formula. It's kind of a three-part series. It's a seven-week course and you follow through the formula and the first couple of weeks, it's about the inner work. It's about figuring out who you really are. What's your, you know, what does your spirit call for and how are you wired and disconnecting from what you were in some cases told to be or expected to be, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of um, work around that inner freedom in the first couple of weeks. Also a lot of like emotional decluttering, being able to, uh, well, this is one part that I found absolutely delicious and being able to like go to bed at night and not have your head just race (laughs) and run through things over and over and over being a little bit more clear. And then the middle of it is teaching people exactly how intuition works, how does it go from, you know, the source that it's at to you and how are messages delivered? How do they translate through your nervous system? I'm a big believer that if somebody understands how something works, it's easier for them to utilize it. And then in the last few weeks, it's really um, walking the student through different techniques for them to figure out how it uniquely flows through them so that they can access more of it and have higher accuracy. And there's a lot of really fun experiments in those last few weeks. Mm. And that sounds really fascinating for people, you know, maybe just kind of stepping out into this world and wanting to dive deeper into their own intuition. Because I think a lot of people, like you had mentioned, those spiraling thoughts, we have those, a lot of people have bracing thoughts, you know, they're in their head a lot of times. And so it's really hard to discern like, what is my thought versus what is my intuition? So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that um, around how do you tell the difference between those that when your intuition is speaking to you versus your spiraling thoughts and the racing mind and, and understanding the difference and really tapping into that to trust into your, your intuitive abilities? There's really two big things that I tell people to do. And, and one of them is a tool that 
uh, you and I had chatted about a little bit earlier called GCP Ground Clear Protect, and I'll go through that process. Um, but in essence, that is clearing out your energetic field and um, making sure that you pay attention to your energy field. Because a lot of times we carry energies that we don't need to carry. We pick something up and the more that we've picked these energies up and the more we're carrying them, the more they get in the way and they can actually feed those spiraling thoughts, which can make it harder to sort of stop that, that, you know, it's the spinning that goes on in our head. The other part of it is really learning to distinguish between imagination and intuition. I mean, did I make that up? I mean, that's a very, very common question when something pops into your head. And while it's not an instant fix, it is something that if you focus on it over time, you're able to start to feel the subtle difference between the two because your imagination goes through your, you know, like it's a left brain kind of activity and intuition is more of a right brain activity. Think of it in general as if your imagination is something that you push, whereas intuition is something that pulls you. So, you know, if you're pulling, you know, if you're pushing something up a hill, you're creating it, you're making it happen. But if you get pulled up the hill, that's more intuition, if that makes sense. So knowing that there's that subtle difference between a push and a pull, those things that pop into your head that you didn't expect, show, show me a sign or give me a piece of intuitive information in a way that I wouldn't necessarily understand. That is a great practice as well. Ask a question, ask for a sign that you wouldn't expect, and then sit back and wait for it. Allow things to pop in and surprise you and then pull you into something else. That's really, it, it's hard. I wish it was, it, I wish it was easy. I wish it was, you could just flip it on there and be like, no, this is my imagination. No, 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 it's my intuition. I wish it was that easy, but mm, the course is seven weeks, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you do have to kind of experiment with different things that push and that pull, but think of it in terms of push and pull and you'll start to feel it. I like that energy of, of, and, or the energetic analogy, I guess, of push and pull. And, and it sounds like there's like almost like a surrendering process within that, you know, pulling and just to be able to let go and to mm -hmm. trust um, and hopefully make it not like we have to like make things happen. Like when, yes. when does that transition come for people as opposed to allowing it to flow, allowing it to pull as opposed to like, oh, I want this to happen so bad. And, and then, but then it feels kind of forced. Am I right? It does. It feels forced, doesn't it? When we want something, that is the biggest thing that will get in the way. And so a practice that I tell my students is carve out time every day where you have an unattached moment with your guides, with source, with, um, your loved ones, your source that you connect with an unattached moment where you say, what is it that you want me to know? Meaning get out of your own way. And when we start to open our intuition, we think, Oh, how much, how many more years will I live in this house? What are my kids going to be when they grow up? Like all of a sudden we want to know all these answers. And I remember in the very, very early stages of this, development that I went through, I said to my guide, you know, I, I've got all these questions now I can hear you and, and I'm getting answers and I'm, I'm, I'm leaving these sessions and I'm going out in the world and these things are coming true. And so now I have all these questions because I felt like I found this, this like treasure box where it's like, Oh, now I can know everything that I want to know. And I started asking him and he's, he's a little spicy guy. And I remember his answer was, you know, that's a stupid question. And I remember thinking, well, that's not nice to say to someone <laughs> that's a stupid question, but he was lovingly saying it to me to help me to understand that those questions weren't the big ones. Those weren't the, the path questions I should be asking. What's blocking me? What am I not aware of? What am I not seeing? In essence, he said, you have one question that's going to get you where you want to go. What is it you want me to know? He said, ask me that question. And so I asked him that question and just lots of information came out. He started talking about things that I hadn't thought about in three days. That's when you know it's intuitive and it's not your imagination. When you let go of what you're stuck on, 
and allow your source to give you guidance openly and just allow, that's when your accuracy starts to really go up. Mm. That sounds really powerful. And just recognizing that it's about, you know, the, the question and getting outside of what you're trying to create, but the deeper question is, yeah, what is blocking me? And mm -hmm. I can imagine just how much energy would flow once you start really, you know, looking for those or allowing those answers to come to you by, you know, spirit source, you know, however you're connecting. And I think that can maybe be different for everyone and how they're perceiving that. Mm hmm yeah, it's, it's the difference between wondering if your house is going to sell and wondering if you're in the right place. Those are two totally different worlds. And when you ask the question, will my house sell? The answer is yes. Maybe it's 10 years from now. Maybe it's 20 years from now. You know, you got to get real detailed with those questions. But when you ask your guide or your source, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Hmm. What am I, what am I gaining from this? Am I supposed to be somewhere else? Hmm. That's when everything's going to unfold. That's when they may say to you, um, John Smith or, um, fish market. I'm actually thinking of an example. Now I had a friend who I did a, a reading on and it's hard to read for friends and it's hard to read for yourself because you already know everything going on in their life. And that was her question. Am I in the right place? Is, is it time for me to move on? Cause she, her kids have both graduated and moved on and she wanted a smaller home. And the answer that came through was, uh, was a gentleman's name. I don't remember what the name was. We'll say, we'll say Mark and, I got an image of the fish market sign that was in the town that we lived in. And she said, okay, great. And then the next day, um, somebody had told her about a fantastic realtor <laughs> named Mark. His, his office is right next to that fish market down the road. So that's where the accuracy comes in is when we let go of trying to make it what we want it. And instead just asking what is for our highest good. Hmm. That sounds really powerful. And so how, how does one really be, start becoming confident in their intuitive abilities to really trust in those answers. Confidence is a, it's, it's a little bit of a bump, <laughs> but I actually have some tips that, that are really, really helpful. And my, I'll give you my favorite one. It's called the no doubt notebook. Now the no doubt notebook is, uh, it can be any notebook. You can just get any random uh, journal or notebook, but make sure it's dedicated just to this one purpose. Uh, but the no doubt notebook is where you write down your most accurate or strong intuitive moments that you've had in life. So when the fish market sign happened and my girlfriend called me back and said, you're not going to believe this, <laughs> I would have written that down in my no doubt notebook. And so really you're writing down all your intuitive hits, all your intuitive wins, the times when it was really strong. Cause here's, here's the human part of this. I love the balance of science and spirituality, because I think that's where we can really, really harness the true power of our intuition is understanding also how we're wired and our brain is wired to fire in a pattern, in a habit. And so if we have a lifetime of a habit of believing uh, I'm not intuitive or this doesn't work, or it's not real, then you can have a really intense, amazing int intuitive moment. And two days later say, I'm not intuitive. This isn't real. It's not working because your brain is going to revert back to the pattern. It's going to revert back to what it knows. Synapses are going to fire in your brain in a certain way. And if they've been doing it that way for many, many years, I know, cause I was so skeptic for 31 years, 32 years that you can have the most powerful experience, but a couple of days later, you're going to start to doubt again. Cause you're going to go back to that old pattern of your synapses firing in that direction. Now the no doubt notebook, when you have doubt, you open that notebook back up again and you read through these moments you had, it's going to help the synapses to fire in the direction of trust and in faith. And yes, this is real. Look at this. And by giving yourself that tool that you can refer back to over and over again, you'll start to be able to repattern the habit of doubt. 
That's a really powerful tip because it's true. I, I, I forget, you know, I forget of those moments when I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. And, you know, that just totally came from, from spirit. It was like this divine download, if you will, but we forget, we, we look to the familiar. We kind of, like you said, we go back to the old patterns and the familiar just comes up so much quicker and more easily, even though it may not be in our best interest, but it's the most familiar. And so to create new familiars, if you will, it's good to have those reminders and a, and a no doubt notebook. I love that. Um, That's one of my favorite tools. And it was, it was comical how that one came to be because I'm so, I have so much curiosity and I really want to understand things So I just started as a professional intuitive and I had a reading. I'll never forget it. It's written in my no doubt notebook that I started many, many, many years ago, (laughs) 2007, something like that. And I was doing the session and it was a young woman. Her grandmother came through. Her grandmother was holding a little white fluffy dog and feeding the dog green beans. And first off, I had to have the courage to say that because my my left brain was like, nope, you're going to be wrong. That's too specific. It's like, okay, just have the courage to say it. Cause I was still new. And I said it. And the woman was like, yeah, that was such and such. The dog's name was this. And she fed him green beans. And I remember going home and saying to a friend, this happened. You can't make that up. That's wild. This is real. Two days later to that same friend, I said, I don't even know if this stuff is real. And she literally the response I got was seriously poodle eating green beans. I don't want to hear this doubt anymore. And I was like, huh? Yeah, you're right. And that's when I said, something's got to be going on here. How can you have something that strong happen? And hits like that don't happen all the time too. I think that's another um, thing that people think because they watch shows and the shows are edited down to just all the really good, you know, incredible hits intuition is more like a flow, but every now and then you'll have something really strong happen like that. And I got the notebook and I wrote it down because I dove into why, 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 what's happening up here in my brain that I can't hold on to what happened two days ago and allow that to step me into what's real. So that fascinates me. I love that tip though. That is really fascinating. And and I'm wondering too, if, if, there are any things, you know, that people can do when they are finding themselves in a situation where they're trying to maybe do like push, you know, or want something, want something, but there's blocks and they're not receiving that in their life. Maybe it's a new relationship or, you know, an answer to something or something is just not manifesting in the way and those blockages come up. I'm wondering, what would you suggest someone do when they they feel those blockages? So when you say blockages, I'm just want to get curious for a moment. Do you mean the things that are stopping what you want from coming into your life or the blocks that are within you from not being able to move forward? I think maybe a little bit of both because those blocks <laughs> that, you know, keep people stuck, maybe in the same pattern um, of, you know, why they're not maybe manifesting the relationship they want or, you know, the career they want or the success they want, those kinds of things, you know, that keep them from moving forward, but also min- li- limit their maybe confidence or, you know, worthiness or deservingness, um, those things that keep people stuck in the same patterns. Absolutely. That makes sense. I was kind of on the same wavelength as you. I'm like, I think it's both, but let's just, let's see if we can explore this a little bit. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the internal work, really uh, any kind of inner work that you can do, I am, you know, an advocate for, um, therapy, uh, group sessions, uh, shadow work, meditation, any kind of inner work that you can do to really look at your life, kind of how you got there, what you were told, does it resonate with you? Kind of um, realizing who you are at your core and then what feeds that core. So a lot of times we're told, you know, we've got the fear of money. 
you know, money doesn't grow on trees. It's tight. It's this, it's that it's this. And is that really true for you? Or have you always been more fortunate with money or lucky with money, or it just sort of landed in your, so we tend to listen to those small voices that came through when we were younger, instead of how our spirit and our core is actually wired. So internally, the blocks, I would say, figuring out what you really like, what you really like, not what somebody else told you to like, but what you really like trying new things doing something that you've always wanted to do, but you are told you shouldn't, uh, you know, don't speak up. Don't do this. Don't, we had a lot of don'ts when we were kids <laughs> and <laughs> we can be smart about it. I mean, yeah, don't run in the middle of the road, but when you have a parent that says, Oh, don't, don't follow that career. That's a dumb choice. You're, you're going to be poor your whole life or things like that. We have to kind of look back at those and say, okay, that was told to us, but was that really your spirit saying that to you before you were you know, coming on down here to earth? No. Mm -mm. So that it's that human programming that we want to kind of pick apart a little bit, find some support structure to help you do that. That's going to help with the blocks because sometimes the love of our life doesn't come in or the job we want doesn't land because we're actually aiming for the wrong one. And we're trying to push with what we were told to push with instead of what we really, really are wired for and really, really want. The other thing I would say is that practice of GCP ground clear protect. One uh, delicious side effect of that practice is that you are acknowledging your energetic body every day. And when you do that, when you clean, clear out that energetic body of that, which is not on your highest good, highest path, et cetera, et cetera, then you're getting rid of energies that are blocking you from attracting into your world, what you want. So what we think about, we bring about what is within our field, we attract more of. So it, this is a corny example, but I love analogies. It would be as if you walked into a hardware store and all of a sudden there was a, a raccoon farmer and you sat next to him and he was angry and you leave with angry raccoon energy. This is just ridiculous example, but I'm trying to drive a point home in that if all of a sudden you're now hitting raccoons, raccoons are breaking into your house. You've got raccoons in your trash can and you're like, really, all I want is to attract a, a, a new dog into my life, but I keep getting raccoons. It's like, that's because that's somebody else's energy that's now in your energy field. So whatever's in there, if there's the color blue, you'll attract more blue. If there's the color green, you'll attract more green. Whatever's in there, you're going to attract more of. And so cleaning that out on a regular basis, acknowledging it and honoring it is golden. It's really golden. It sounds like to me, that's very much of being like a conscious creator. When yes. you talk about when you have these, you know, colors or or raccoons <laughs> mm -hmm. um, within your conscious sphere. Um, what does that mean to you exactly to, to be a conscious creator? For me, conscious creator, there's a conscious creator energy and it's been building over the last couple of years. Now I understand you know, the basic concept of being a conscious creator is uh, stepping out of unconsciously attracting things and stepping into deciding what you want and bringing it to you and doing manif manifesting and things like that is an act of being a conscious creator. But there is an actual energy that is a conscious creator energy that's been getting stronger and stronger over the last couple of years. And this particular year, it's, it's very strong. When you start to tap into that energy, you start to manifest automatically. And it's more than really I've ever seen. And people say, well, give me an example. So instead of sitting down and saying, okay, I want to bring this into my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm purposely sitting here to think, okay, I'm attracting this. I'm bringing this in. It's more like saying to someone, oh, Hey, you know, I heard, the, I heard this thing was really kind of neat. Yeah. So did I. And then you go on your day and the next day you have it. So it's, it's more of an automated, automated manifesting. You could say, let me give you an example. We travel and we were RVing and we were driving from one location to another. And 
in the drive, I said to my partner, I really want to try ax throwing. And he was like, what? And I said, there's this new thing, you know, and I've seen it and, and we should just keep our eye out for it. It's like throwing darts, but with axes at, at a big old dartboard. And I said, it'd be really fun. He said, great idea. And then we just went on to talk about something else. The next day we were at the, the location that we landed at, which was a, um, a state fair. It's a fairgrounds. It was off season and, and RVers stay in state fairgrounds quite frequently during off season. And I went to bed, woke up the next morning and my partner said, guess what? The farmer's market is here at the state fair today. I said, that's great. And he said, wait, wait for it. He said, there's a mobile ax throwing unit <laughs> that came with the fair. And I went, okay, there we go. So I asked for it. And then, you know, within a day, I don't remember if it was the next day or the day after that, but within 24 to 48 hours, it was about 200 feet from my RV. So that's, it, you know, and people say, well, oh, the coffee maker is going to break. And then it, and then it does. <laughs> so being more of a conscious creator is really what you talk about. You bring about what you think about shows up more and more quickly. I've definitely noticed that for my own life personally is I'll be talking about something one day and, and the next day or the day after it'll be in my material world and mm -hmm. it's, it manifests very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so that energy is, I, you know, very, very strong right now. What do you think that might be, um, you know, from, do you think that has anything to do with the energy of the planet lifting the human resonance? There's, you know, the consciousness, um, what are, what's your theory on that? I do think that this is a global shift. I, I understand, and I've been working with my guide for the last couple of years on this, just checking in like what's going on, what's the difference, what's happening. And in essence, the way that he explains to me the last few years, because there was a lot going on, total mm -hmm. understatement there, right? Mm -hmm, right. The <laughs> pandemic. And I mean, and so to my guide, I'm like, what, what is happening? I know there's something shifting. Can you explain it to me? And he said, it's kind of like the muddy water in the bucket that was settled all got shook up really hard. And then everyone realized that that bucket that they thought was water is actually muddy water. And then each person had to decide what they wanted to do with it. So that shakeup was huge, absolutely huge. And everyone across the globe was affected in different ways but everyone was challenged in different ways as well. And I, I feel like it was very, it was very individual. People were challenged on, you know, is this really the career I want now that I've taken a break from it? Is this really the path I want? So everyone was, was given and in many cases painfully, which is sad, but everybody was given a moment to kind of a, a beat to just kind of stop and take a beat for a second and look around when they did that, they got more in tune with who they were. So kind of back to what we were saying before, who are you at your core versus who, what you were told to be, you were told that you, you know, you'll never have money and you're just going to be a bartender for the rest of your life. And now we go through this crisis and that bartender doesn't work for six months and then discovers a passion that, that they never knew they had. And then they follow that. And then abundance comes in. So it's been very, very life-changing, but we've been asked really by our source to, to really look at who we really are. And as a result of that, when you do that, that's when alignment starts to happen. That's literally the first part of the SAGE method. That's where the alignment starts to happen. When you start to get into alignment, that's when you can really access that conscious creator energy and start to manifest automatically. And another way to say this is uh, I tell my students, you're going to have times where you're very human and times where you're very spiritual. It's a balance. You're going to go back and forth. For example, I can uh, say a sentence casually, you know, to my partner and then turn the TV on and the show says that exact sentence right after that conscious creator energy is on fire right now. Right. But I take 
a two to three week break, I go to my, my son's because he got married. So it's a marriage, it's a wedding and, you know, family and this, and this very human, very few conscious creator moments happened during that. And not that it's a bad thing. It's just, I was so anchored into the human and I wasn't as open spiritually during that time because I was mom <laughs> and not professional intuitive <laughs> that we can get into the human mind. And the further we get into the human mind, the harder it is to access that conscious creator energy. So it's, it's a bit of a balance. You get that alignment, you get back in touch with that spirit center. And that's where you can access the, the conscious creator energy a lot easier. And thank you. How do you how do you get in touch? Sorry. How do you get in touch with that spirit? Let's say you've been in the mind, you've been, you know, playing the mom role and you, that's one side of it. How do you get back into, you know, intuitive spiritual space? Sometimes it's as easy as reminding yourself. I know that sounds silly, but literally flew back to, I was flying. We were, we were in Orlando. My son is in new England. And I remember flying one of the flights that I had taken recently, very human. I fly back. I'm waiting for my bag to come out of the, the baggage claim area so I can go home. And like 60 bags have now come and gone. And there's barely anyone standing around. And I'm starting to go down that spiral of great. They lost my bag. I'm going to have to deal with this. I'm going to be here for hours. And then I went, wait a minute. I need to remind myself who I am. And so I grabbed my phone and I texted my partner because he was down the road waiting to come pick me up. And I said, just one more minute. I'm manifesting that everything always works out for me. Clicked send, looked over, my bag came out. So it was like, okay, sometimes you just need to say, you know what, wait, well, hold, hold on. <laughs> Let's get back into alignment and realize who we are. Especially if you've done a lot of work, you can pop back into that. But for others, you know, it's meditation, it's joy. What is that thing that you do that you are so comfortable doing, happy doing that you lose track of time? That's probably the thing that is going to get you back into that spiritual flow the fastest. Is it walking, running, painting, doing the dishes? It, what is it that you can just get centered and lost in time? That's the thing that's going to pull you back into the spiritual. Thank you just for bringing that whole, you know, I want to say idea, but it's really, you know, but I think we can get caught in that trap of spiritual bypassing and forget our humanness, right? So we're those people who are in the spiritual world. And, and I know I, I'm there and I've, I've been in that place of like, just trying to find the light and then, you know, kind of finding that balance that we need because we are you know, humans having this, um, or spiritual beings having this human experience. And, but remembering that we're going to have, you know, the shadow side is going to come up and learning tools to deal with that and learning, you know, that, yeah, we we're going to have these weddings and events and experiences that we're going to have that, you know, we can't always focus on that spiritual piece, even though it feels really good, but there's also those underlying, the underlying energies that we still have to deal with and face. And so I'm wondering if you could also just kind of go into that GCP um, process with us to show like maybe how we can um, ground ourselves, you know, during that time of the shadow or, you know, when those things come up and, and it sounds like that might be a good process for that. If I'm understanding that correctly. Absolutely. If there is anything, if someone said you can teach me only one thing, GCP is it, that's it. This, it is a, a game changer and it's an intent exercise. So you don't need any tools. You don't need anything to do it. You need your imagination, which we all know we got a lot of that already because we're already fighting between that and intuition, right? So you just need your imagination and your intent. Once you do GCP, it literally takes you 30 to 60 seconds to do it. I do it in the morning. I do it in the afternoon. When I go to bed, if I run into a situation and in essence, what it is, is it's the, it's the order of it. It's grounding first, then clearing, and then protecting yourself. And all you need to do is come up with your own visuals. So step one, grounding yourself, 
you're asking mother earth to hold you uh, more tightly to, to the ground so you can go higher with more stability. So imagine tree roots coming out of your feet, or I like to imagine a cord wrapped around my waist and it goes, shoots down into the middle of earth and pulls tight. I know this really strong powerhouse of a woman. She is so cool. She has steel pillars that come out of her legs and into the earth. And I'm like, of course you do. That is so awesome. (laughs) And then the second step is, so once you've grounded, the second step is to clear. And my suggestion with clearing is to take, you know, let go of all of the practices that, that we've come across and, and create your own. What element do you resonate with most? Is it water? Is it fire? Is it wind? Use that element and imagine that element going all the way through your body, your energetic body and clearing out anything that is not yours to carry. Have it wash it out, filter it out, burn it out, whatever, but use an element that works for you. And then the third step is protection, which start with a bubble. Imagine a bubble around you. Now, the energetic body is not only within our physical body, but it also expands outside of our physical body. So when you put the bubble up, know that it is um, encasing, you know, in your, how do I say that? Your energetic body is within the bubble. Now the bubble isn't going to keep everything out. You have to treat it like a filter. And so you imagine the bubble coming around you and saying, allow in what is for my highest good and do not allow in what is not for my highest good. So those three steps together, you're going to be grounded first. Then you clear out because it's easier to clear everything else out after you've grounded. Once you're sparkly clean, (laughs) then you seal it up. And that protective bubble does two things. It is you honoring that your energetic body is important and needs to be taken care of, but it's also that bubble is also going to stop you from picking up raccoon energy. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that (laughs) wild energy that you just don't need to pick up. It's not yours to have. So a few things are going to happen as a result of this. You're going to start to see yourself respond more than react. I was very reactive in my younger years. And if somebody came up to me to pick a fight, that I was a good one to pick a fight with, because I'll fight with you. That's how I was. I was very reactive and um, I blame it on being a Taurus, but doing GCP, you don't have that same reaction. If that argument isn't on your path, if that's not for your highest good, if that's not where you're supposed to be going, you won't even feel the energy of it, because everything that happens to us, everything we hear, everything we see, everything we emotionally feel happens to our energetic body before it ever happens to our physical body. So when we're not protecting our energetic space, by the time you hear someone yell, that anger is already been in your system. So this bubble is stopping that from happening first. It's a really, it's an interestingly odd experience. And I would tell people do GCP every day for about a week. And you'll see, you will have an experience where you're like, whoa, okay. That makes more sense now because you will, you'll run into a situation where you're like, wow, I would have normally really reacted in this situation, but now I'm not reacting. I don't know why. Like I'm this isn't bothering me. It's not my, you know, it's not my circus. It's not my thing that I'm even involved with. So I'm going to watch it. And you can maybe even help a little bit more (laughs) and you can now manifest more of what you want because that extra baggage is, is really no longer in there. GCP is a tool that I tell everybody, tell everybody, tell your friends, tell everyone, do it for a week, watch things shift, watch the inner work start to automatically happen for you. Watch yourself start to bring more abundance into your life and really feel that calm and less spiraling thoughts and and all of that. It's good stuff. That does sound like a very powerful process. Um, I know I've done, you know, some of those tools separately, but to do them together sounds like it would be uh, create some really big shifts in your energy field and yeah, create that openness to begin to create, but also to release 
you know, even maybe some of those blockages that are there or the, the energy that might be stagnant or stuck um, to help move forward in life. Yes, I especially yeah, you- appreciate the protection part of it. I think for me being highly empathic, I mm-hmm. let other people's emotions, like even on a, like a global level. So just you know, recently, I've just been feeling kind of heavy and I'm like, oh, I just need to put that bubble around my aura or energetic field just to, you know, have that, cl- that boundary, if you will, that I don't need to absorb and take it all on that I have this, you know, protection um, and I can still have empathy, but not take it all in. And then, then I feel out of sorts or out of alignment. So I do love how, yeah, how the, each component is put together and it, I can see it being very powerful. I'm definitely going to put those together for myself. And I'm so glad you brought that up because there's so many empaths that, um, I work with and what they find over time is when they, step into that alignment and hone when they add that layer of GCP, that acknowledgement, it, they're less burdened, less weighed down, but then this really cool thing happens. They start to see how their empathic abilities can really help other people. And so that's, that's the hard thing with being an empath. I'm a little empathic, but I'm, I'm not as empathic as many people that I've, I've known, but the tough part is at the core of an empath, they want to help. That's why you're an empath. That's like, that's how you're wired, but yet it's, it can be like this energetic, just pounding on you constantly to where you can't help. So once that protective space comes up, I'm actually really excited for you to use this now. Once that protective space comes up that filters, then you can be in this stronger spot where you can actually help the way you want to help. And it's a really beautiful thing to witness. Thank you for that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, just as an empath, you know, it's also part of that conscious creator process, because then you're consciously recognizing too that, you know, just because someone is having this experience in front of you, you can set that boundary to not take that on. Same with, you know, that the world's energy, because that I know that can become very heavy. I've definitely felt that myself as an empath and it becomes very strong and intense for, you know, for me and, and for the other, you know, people that, um, that I know as well. And so that can be, yeah, very important to recognize how conscious and how empowered we really are to take on, you know, the energy we choose. Absolutely. And just to have more freedom Mm -hmm. to walk through this world and be able to think more through the why, Mm -hmm. why, why do I want to help in this situation? And how do I want to help in this situation to be able to have more clarity Mm -hmm. to think through that in order to, you know, project the healing energy or give somebody uh, some words of advice or be a a listening ear to have that clarity is really, uh, it's really wonderful. Let's the empath finally be the empath in like the best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up, tell us a little bit more of where we can find you and about any of your other programs that you have available. You can find everything at thesagemethod.com. Everything's located there. The seven week intuitive course is there. We open that up a couple of times a year. Uh, I work with the students as we go through. So it's a really wonderful connective experience. We also have something called the Sage Circle that a lot of people um, really, really love. I love, and I. And this is spiritual community. It's an online spiritual community, and I built it really for one reason: is when I opened up, I didn't really have anyone to ask questions to or find support or learn things from. And sometimes there are people in the world that they don't have that in their immediate circles. And the sage circle becomes that spiritual family for them where they don't have to start sentences that say, this might sound weird, but 
you know, you can just say it in this circle. And there's so much unconditional love in there. It's, it's just a joy. It's just an absolute love. So those are my, those are the two programs that I find are the most impactful and, and, um, and just wonderful. I love that. Thank you. And we'll add those to our show notes as well. So people can easily find you. And thank you so much for being here with us today, Isabeau. It's been an absolute pleasure to have this beautiful conscious conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And it's just been, it's been very connective and I appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you're interested in supporting Be The Love podcast and the work that we're doing in the world, please consider a donation of $25 to Patreon and we will gift you with my book, Your Empowered Soul, A Natural Pathway to Healing Anxiety and Depression, and receive a 20-minute holistic health consultation with Brenda Carey. And thank you so much for listening to Be The Love podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review, liking us on Facebook, and stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.